Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of A Need to Read. You can probably tell by the title of this episode, this isn't a book review, this isn't a guest episode, this is more of an impromptu rant from me that I'm, I'm hoping is going to help some people because in the UK, where the majority of my listeners are, there is another lockdown, which is shit, right? I think we understand by now that being locked down is not where any of us want to be. So I thought I'd write some stuff down about mental health and lockdown. So before I start this, I just want to say that I'm I'm only qualified by my own personal experience. I have no papers that say that I know what I'm talking about. And I think you know by now that I always say that I haven't really got a fucking clue what I'm talking about. I just talk about stuff. So... If you're looking for someone who's qualified to give you strict advice, then you're in the wrong place. But if you kind of trust what I say or want to take one thing away from this episode, I think it will help you. If it's just for your mental health in lockdown or if you're listening to this in the future, it will probably just help you anyway. Because I'm going to be talking about things that have helped me over the last year, the last 18 months. And there'll be some things that you may have heard in previous episodes and there'll be some things you may not have heard me talk about. Because if I'm honest, when I'm starting recording this, I don't really know what I'm going to talk about. I'm not going to start off by going into the sponsors. I want to get straight into this episode. Because lockdown number three, 156, is in the UK right now. I'm obviously not experiencing that and I'm in Bali. There may be some people out there like, oh, it's easy for you to speak about it because you're not there. Well, that may be the case, but anyone that says that's easy for you to say, according to Joe Rogan, is an idiot, and Joe Rogan just happens to be the Messiah, so I think you can see where I'm going with that. Lockdown is shit, right? When I was locked down, I just had to come back from Australia, I was forced back, didn't want to come back, forced straight into lockdown within three or four days. And it was a struggle. It really was a struggle. And then the constant fear, the existential angst and worry and just general anxiety through most of 2020 from March onwards was a really uneasy feeling to have. And I know that I was definitely not alone in feeling that. I think mental health came to the forefront of people's minds last year even if it never had before and it was something that was spoken about a lot and people talk about normalizing mental health and and talking about mental health and would normalize this and normalize that and look i think it's pretty normal now i think everyone knows that everyone feels depressed and, and everyone feels anxious every now and then but like there's only so far that talking can go at some stage You kind of have to take responsibility. And it's a tough thing to come to terms with. But responsibility is huge. You you would have heard um, Paul Mort talk about this in the podcast that we did the other day for his book. um, Paul Mort Will Save Your Life. Which, by the way, I've been listening to an Audible and it is really, really good. If you know someone that's struggling, definitely send them in the way of that book. It is a tough approach he's he's not soft with it which i think is quite helpful for some and not so helpful for others but it definitely works every time i message him about it he goes yeah man the shit works and it certainly does 
But taking responsibility for your own feelings, that's the number one thing that you need to do in life because no one else is going to make you happy. No particular situation will make you happy. You have to control what is within your control. And I mean, granted, like sometimes depression, sometimes anxiety, it's a chemical thing. But a lot of the time it's not about chemicals. If, if you've listened or read the book Lost Connections by Johan Hari, you'll know that. Is He says about depression being some form of grief for our lives not being the way they should. And, and kind of making a case that it, it's not necessarily to do with the chemicals in your brain being imbalanced. And sometimes, every now and then, you just need a dash of serotonin. And then you're sorted. But if you just have serotonin, you don't change anything in your life, then it's just some sort of artificial state. I think the serotonin from the SSRIs that you can get from your GP, it kind of just gives you a base level to kind of have the motivation to do the things that you probably know you need to do to get yourself feeling better. So when I talk about responsibility, are you doing all the things you could do or you are you doing anything that you could do to make yourself feel better and not to force yourself to feel better, but just in terms of things that make you feel good, are you doing them? The most likely scenario is if you're feeling like shit, you're probably not doing the things that make you feel good. And granted, there is probably a few bumps in the road in the way between things that make you feel good and you at the moment, probably because of lockdowns. Like some people love going to the gym. Like for me, like I was pretty pissed off that I couldn't do jujitsu last year. That was That was pretty tough. You have to sort of adapt to this new life that we have to live because what other option do we have? What What is the other option? Okay, just do nothing. Well, where's that going to get you? It's probably not going to get you anywhere. So let's say, like, right, take people that go to the gym. I'm not a PT. I'm not qualified. But I'm sure you can do some body weight stuff, right? You're allowed for your one walk a day. Just moving your body, getting your heart moving, getting your lungs going. It does so, like, I don't know the science of it, but it just makes you feel good. The endorphins get going, and even if it's just for an hour or two afterwards that you feel good, I mean, at least that's an hour or two that you feel good, as opposed to just having no hours that you feel good during the day. So... The one question that I want to sort of pose to people that do feel like shit at the moment is are you taking responsibility for it? Are you sort of being active in trying to feel good? Because there are so many posts on Instagram at the moment saying you don't have to do anything. All you have to do is get through the day. Yeah, that is right. But for the most part, people aren't going to be suicidal. If you're suicidal, fucking great. Get through the day. Do whatever you need to to get through the day. But if you're just feeling a little bit shit, l prevention is better than cure, right? Let's try and not get to the point where people want to take their own lives. 
because like I I know for sure that if I didn't do all the things that I do, I'm I'm a pessimist at heart. I probably wouldn't see much point. And that's a, it's a difficult thing to say. And I think I kind of realised that I had that mindset maybe in September last year because people don't like it being spoken about. People kind of say, oh, well, you can't talk about suicide unless you've been directly affected by it or you've tried to do it or whatever. But like there was a time I had to speak to my therapist about I was I was obsessed with the idea of death, which is very, very weird. And when I say weird, I don't mean like that's a weird thought to have because I, I mean, I don't think I'm alone in sometimes thinking about death more than the average person i know that i am apparently quite unique in the way that i think but i don't definitely don't think that i'm alone but i was i was fascinated by the idea of it and by what was on the other side and and i remember when i came home from portugal i was sat in the car with my mum when she'd picked me up from the airport and it took me about the two hour journey from Heathrow to where I live to actually start talking to her about how I felt and I just started crying because I I was just worried about the state of the world and where it was going and I didn't know I couldn't see how I was going to deal with it which is it's, it's so strange to have those thoughts and it was so alien for so long in my life I was unaware to my feelings really but my point is you have to take responsibility and for me that came in the form of speaking to my therapist and I journaled about it quite a lot and like I've I've, I've looked into those kind of feelings like you know, I've spoken to quite a few people about this there are quite a few people that I know that have these same feelings right so I'll be driving along sometimes and the thought enters my head. Go, oh, just turn the car, Ed. Hit that, hit that one oncoming. I'll be driving my bike along in Bali, even now. Like, I'm pretty fucking happy at the moment, right? Albeit the fact that I've had the shits for the last 36 hours and that's not great. But, like, I'm, I'm pretty happy here. But still, I'll be driving my scooter along and I'll be like, right, we'll just drive it into that ditch, just see what happens. It's so, it, those thoughts enter my head and I'm happy. So, like, I've got to keep taking responsibility for my mental health because what if I don't and I do that when I think about it? What if I didn't know that thoughts weren't real? What if I hadn't gone to therapy and what if I hadn't read all the books and I hadn't realised that your brain plays tricks on you an awful lot and that the the observer of the mind is the one that's in control, not the mind. Think of your brain like an elephant and a rider. And Jonathan Haidt is the one that first introduced me to this idea. He wrote the book, The Righteous Mind and The Happiness Hypothesis. Both pretty decent books. The Righteous Mind used to be one of my favourites, but I've read loads more since then, and it is no longer. But think of your brain as an elephant your mind as the elephant the thinking brain is the elephant your unconscious mind 
if you're the rider, you're the seat of consciousness, and you're sat on top of that elephant. You can guide that, but that elephant goes where the fuck it wants to. But you have it in you to calm it down. And I think that metaphor is quite good because it is a fucking struggle sometimes dealing with your subconscious mind and dealing with the thoughts that come up. But when all is said and done, you have you have control somewhat. And the more you ride the elephant, right, the more control you have. If, if you get where I'm going with that, it's, it is quite a good metaphor, in my opinion, which is... Um, who knows if it's worth much Jonathan hates opinions worth quite a lot he's sold a lot of books and he came up with it so think about that think about the more practice you have dealing with those thoughts when they come up if, if those thoughts come up for you the more practice you get in with those thoughts the better your life is going to be because you're going to be in way more control now, other things you can do to take responsibility for how you're feeling. Of course, I'm going to talk about reading because reading for me has been such a life changer. I honestly, I don't know what I did without books. I know that I thought I was a bit of a prick before books. And it's I'm, I'm still getting over that. I'm still trying to make up for lost time of, of being a person that I wasn't necessarily proud of. And I guess that's all I can do is keep taking responsibility for who I am now and who I want to be. So th let's talk about other things that you can do now in lockdown. The first lockdown, this is what pissed me off, right? So much booze. Do you know alcohol is depressant? I'm sure you do. I, I didn't fully realize that until last year. And alcohol makes me so depressed. You know when people get hungover, they're like, oh, I just feel a bit sad. I can't get over that feeling when I'm hungover. I am dreadful with it. So I've decided this year, you probably heard in the last podcast, I'm giving up booze. And I have to take responsibility for that because if I don't, I'll just keep feeling depressed. And like, and who's to blame there? It's me. I'm, I'm the one that is the one that's drinking the beer and making bad decisions, feeling bad about it. Putting something in my body that quite literally makes me depressed. When I know my sort of disposition to feeling sad, nowadays it's it's pretty stupid so in lockdown everyone's like all oh, right i nominate someone to have a drink that's great because um for five minutes or two minutes when you put up an instagram story and nominate some other people you feel a sense of community and you feel a sense of meaning that night but when you go to bed pissed on your own i mean i don't know about you but that would not make me feel good i'd feel pretty shit about myself other people might respond better to it. I don't know. I, I'm not another person. I'm just me. And I just know that alcohol as a depressant, for me, with someone who's been depressed in the past, it doesn't make me feel good. So, like, just don't do it. I'm not your mum. I'm not your dad. I'm not your parent, guardian, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I can't tell you what to do. But if you feel depressed, just don't drink. Because if you look at the category of drugs that it's in, it is a depressant. So what's that gonna do? It's gonna make you depressed. There's my waffle on alcohol. The other thing is meditation. Now meditation, I talk about a lot, and people always message me like, oh Ed, it's really hard. And not to sound like a cliche, but nothing good comes easy, right? Meditation is difficult. I've been getting up every day for the last 257 days and doing 20 minutes as soon as I get up. 
because no matter what happens for the rest of the day, that's one thing that I've achieved and I've kept my streak going on Headspace and Headspace has got me by the balls with that streak. But doing that is so, so good for your mental space. You know, I'm talking about the elephant and the rider earlier. When you meditate, you give yourself, the rider, a little bit more control over what comes up in your brain because you can observe the thoughts that come up and then you can just say, oh, thinking, and they're disappearing. You're not wrestling with your brain. You're sort of letting it flow and you're guiding it when you meditate. And it's taken a long time for me to start to feel the true benefits of that. I reckon maybe about three months. So just ask yourself now, like if in three months time, would you like to have a little bit more control over what goes on in your brain? And the answer is probably yes, right? So here's one thing I'm going to ask you to do is just start meditating. Use Headspace. I'm pretty sure you get a free month. And then for the year, it's like 40 quid. I mean, 40 quid cost per use if you use it every day i don't know the maths but that's pretty cheap and i guarantee you'd spend 40 quid on a t-shirt or 40 quid on seven drinks or something just invest in yourself or you can find loads for free on youtube it's just headspace has loads of like decent courses so if you're feeling anxious you can do the anxiety course if you feel like you need a little dash of happiness you can do the happiness course and it is really good. You might not even like Andy Buttigieg's voice. So you might want to find one on YouTube or use a different app. It's your prerogative and it's up to you to find the one that works for you. But I just think if you, everyone that doesn't meditate now, if they started meditating and did it every day for three months, 90 days, you will feel the benefits of it. And it's that sense of delayed gratification. I used to be really, really shit with delayed gratification and I'm a lot better now because I'm quite an impulsive person. I didn't really see the point in doing things over a long term. Whereas now, I keep <laughs> I keep implementing things that won't benefit me on the day, but they'll benefit me down the line. Because I always think about future Ed and where he'd want to be, where he'd want his brain to be. And I know it's probably not where it is right now. Like even now, I know that I'm still a bit of a piece of shit and I've got work to do. I think we've all got work to do. I've spoken about this before. So why not just do the work? Because it saves having to start it later down the line. The sooner you start it, the sooner you fucking start it, right? It sounds obvious. So that's it on meditation. It's something I think you should all do. Journaling. Journaling is so accessible. You can all write, get a bit of paper. In the morning, write down what you're grateful for. I've spoken about this before. Even if you don't feel grateful, just have a look around the room. Open a window, have a look outside. Is there something there that you'd miss if it was gone? There probably is. So write that down. That's what you're grateful for. Sometimes, when I was at home, I'd be journaling at my desk and I'd feel like shit. And like, oh, what am I grateful for? Oh, the dog. I'm grateful for the dog. Because I'd be forcing it. But I am fucking grateful for the dog. As soon as I heard about this lockdown, I texted my dad. I said, to make the most of that dog because you won't realise what a legend he is until you get stray dogs coming into your villa in Bali that stink and steal food. Like, gratitude is one of the number one practice. Loads of successful people talk about gratitude. And there's a reason that they're successful and there's a reason that they talk about gratitude because it fucking works. All this stuff works. 
and you some people don't want to listen to the fact that it works or they they can't be bothered i was that person like i knew all this stuff worked i knew about meditation 2 years ago and i didn't bother doing it every day even though i knew it worked i even did a 30 day course and after that no it was 50 days i did a 50 day course and after that 50 days just gave up with it i was like right done it now am i enlightened or what but here's the thing with all these things you have to do it every day self care is probably the number one thing that people need to implement. And self-care in the form of meditation, journaling, reading, just getting up and having a little stretch, moving your body. People think they haven't got time for it. That should be your number one fucking priority before you do anything in your day. What's the point in going to work or, or heading into conversations with people that you love if you're not able to offer them your best? And practicing self-care is not just for you. It enables you to give to the people that you love the most in a far better way than what you could do before. So on journaling, gratitude. Three things in the morning. Write down one thing you're going to do that day to move towards a goal that you've got. And then at the end of the day, you can have a look back and you can tick it off. And guess what? Some days you probably won't even do that thing. I do it all the time. I'll write down three things and then... At the end of the day, I'll go back to write my like evening reflections. Oh, bollocks, Ed. You didn't do two of those things. But I did one of them. And one's enough. You should never be too hard on yourself for missing out on something. But the, the main rule is you never miss twice. So you make sure the next day you go and do those things. Think about journaling like on, on a weekly reflection or a monthly reflection. So sort of listening to Paul Mort's book. He says, right, if we were having this conversation, this is the conversations he has for people he starts coaching. He says, if we're having this conversation in three months' time, how would you like your life to look? And they'll tell him how they want his life to work. And he's like, right, well, how do we get there? What do you need to implement on a daily basis or a weekly basis to get where you need to go? Okay, so exercise four times a week. Meditate, even if it's just five minutes a day. Journal every day. That's how you're going to get there. Or whatever your other goals are. Think about how you're going to get there. And then work back from it as well. Say like, how am I going to... Like, what obstacles are going to get in the way? And when you write those d obstacles down... So, right, let's think about it. Reading, what obstacles? Everyone's just going to say, oh, well, I haven't got time for it. How, how are you going to overcome that? You fucking make time. Get up 15 minutes earlier read for 15 minutes or schedule it in 15 minutes at lunch every single day that's when I'm going to read and if you put it in your diary you're more likely to do it because if you haven't got a structure or if you haven't got a plan then what hope do you have and I used to be a person I hate planning stuff I don't like structuring things and weirdly like with everything that everyone tells you to do to make yourself feel good it fucking works so that's it on journaling that's something we should all implement or you should implement now therapy i'm not going to spend too long on this because i talk about it every podcast at the start therapy has changed my life changed the way that i look at things it's changed the way that i talk to people it's changed the way that i communicate with myself as well which is really really fucking important and therapy is not accessible to everyone unfortunately the budget for mental health in the uk is it's bollocks basically and waiting lists are really really long there are lots of resources online that you can do to kind of give yourself therapy but i mean 
it's not going to be let's consider right so giving yourself therapy through all the questions and all the journalings online it's going to be like having a wank compared to having sex like i mean it does the job right but it's not as good and it's not going to give you that sense of connection and, and that feel good afterwards and that sort of sense of progress it's definitely not as bad as wanking because everyone just feels a bit gross after they have a wank but that's that's my analogy for it and hopefully that'll make you remember it giving yourself therapy it's a wank going to therapy it's having sex if you want to go to therapy for cheaper than it is in normal life you know that this podcast got a sponsor it's better help it's betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read you get in touch with a therapist within 48 hours but it costs money so this is where it comes into the fact of taking responsibility would you spend 200 quid for someone you love to feel better let's think about that if someone you loved felt like shit and you were like therapy is the only option for them would you spend 200 quid on them to go and feel better and the thing is you probably would but would you spend it on yourself you probably wouldn't because we don't like ourselves deep down annoyingly as a general rule that's where self-love comes into it you have to treat yourself as if you were someone that you well and truly loved give therapy a go if you've got the money there i mean you're not going out at the moment you might have lost your job and this won't sort of be applicable for everyone but it will be applicable to some because there'll be people here with money in the bank knowing that they could do more to feel better and they know that their future self would thank them why not just do it and i'm not just talking about going to better help and, and doing it through this podcast i don't give a fuck who you go to I just want you to go to therapy if you feel like you need it. And if you feel like you're on the edge, then yeah, you probably do need it as well. But yeah, if you do want to get it, find an, a therapist. It'll cost you maybe 40, 50, 60. I used to pay 90 pounds a week. In fact, I still do, but just every other week or every three weeks. It's worth it, man feeling there, there is literally no price that you can put on your mental health and that is where i think the world's going wrong is we think that having a pair of trainers is better than having a steady mind which is a load of shit because trainers are shit and your mind is fucking priceless because you've got that until you die and like your life is probably going to be quite long right imagine if you got it sorted now now, if you can't afford therapy, I talk about this book all the time, The Happiness Trap. That book helped me so much. And the therapy that I get is ACT therapy, so acceptance and commitment therapy. And it's about letting the thoughts sort of flow in and flow out and, and just sort of coming to terms with thoughts that you're in your head as opposed to trying to wrestle them. The Happiness Trap is based on that therapy by a guy called Russ Harris. So one of the examples from the book is changing your anxiety about a situation or a person into a cartoon figure so let's say that you're worried that people are talking about you or you're worried about someone responding in a certain way to a conversation that you're having so i used to think about um i used to think about when someone cheated on me and i'd think about the situation in which it happened and i'd spend a lot of time obsessing over it like way too long obsessing over that thought 
and in the book he talks about changing it into cartoon characters so i'm thinking about it and i'm like right instantly that's shrek and fiona who are in that room or doing whatever who's cheating on me so do you know what that means the thoughts aren't real and you're never going to know what's happening like how many times have you ever been right when you're thinking about a particular situation in detail probably not that many um, let's think about when you have negative thoughts about yourself like say you, you don't think you're worth anything or you think you're a burden this, this is thoughts that I've had in the past if you just change it to the tune of happy birthday so I am worthless I am worthless I am worthless I am worthless it all of a sudden becomes much lighter of a thought than I am fucking worthless do you know what I mean I hope you do so there's an idea for you and the happiness trap and therapy another few things here is what is somewhat unhelpful at times is having the choice of how you feel about a certain situation now an example that i've got recently is i went to the north of bali the other day it's a two-hour drive and it absolutely cacked it down but it was pissing it down i could have been really pissed off about driving in the rain and being all scared about it being slightly dangerous and the person that i was with was absolutely fuming that she was driving in the rain and i was just pretty happy about it i thinking how many people would give I don't know. They'd give something to be riding a bike in the rain in Bali. So I was grateful for it and I was happy about it. And it was a new experience. So I approached it with curiosity and I chose to be happy about it as opposed to being sad about it. There were no real implications to my health. There was no real implications to my day apart from the fact that I was going to get a little bit wet. And when has being wet ever hurt anyone? Being wet's usually a pretty good thing, right? You know what I'm saying? So, you get to choose. And I know it's unhelpful at times, but you really, really do. And a good book for sort of being able to choose how you feel or choosing your attitude towards something is another stoic book. We love a bit of Ryan Holiday on this podcast. When I say we, I just mean me. An Obstacle is the Way is such a good book for that. And in the book, there's an example of a guy. He was sent to prison for a murder that he didn't commit. And instead of just accepting it and just saying right well I hate my life I've been wrongly accused the world's against me blah 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 he was like right what is in in my control and what was in his control is he could learn about the law he wasn't he couldn't get a lawyer himself so he was like right well I'm just going to learn about the law so he read and he read and he read and he read and he didn't lose faith that he was going to get himself off and I think it was after about 13 years he got himself off and he got himself acquitted for a murder that he didn't commit and never did he lose the faith that he was going to do it because he had the right attitude towards it it would be very easy for him in that situation just to give up all hope and just not bother but he didn't he just carried on and he chose the attitude and that is what we can do let's think about the lockdown now everyone's going to go through it but everyone's going to go through it in different ways. And it depends on your attitude towards it. Are you going to see the opportunity in this obstacle? Are you going to use this time to better yourself? 
how like what kind of person do you want to be at the end of this lockdown do you want to be the kind of person that's just been reading conspiracy theories all day and is just fucking miserable and wants to kill boris johnson or do you want to be the kind of person that has bettered themselves has started something new has created something has learned a new skill or has sort of learned about themselves in a way they weren't given the opportunity to before it's the option that you've got and i know it's this is the point where you're like oh well it's easy for you to say well in the first lockdown i started a podcast that's fucking changed my life and it's changed the course of my life forever and i'm not saying oh i've done it so you can do it too so don't you dare start a podcast about books because i do not want the competition because <laughs> you might be better than me who knows who knows but you you can create something you might be able to find your purpose i feel like this is my calling call me crazy but i do and i, fa- I feel like i found this by accident and if if the lockdown hadn't happened i wouldn't have started this i, I know i wouldn't have i'd have been working in a coffee shop in oz probably fucking hating myself because it would have been good for about a month and then I would have realised I don't actually like working and then what would I have done I'd just probably been sad again I'd have kept reading but I probably would have got a little sad so creating something is really important like what can what can you create and don't be embarrassed about trying things the whole point in life is that it's trial and error when it lockdown first started, I started doing drawings. I got an A3 piece of paper and some Sharpie pens, and I just started drawing animals. And I can't stress this enough. I'm shit at drawing, right? But I showed my friends, and I gave it to my friends, and it kind of cheered them up that I'd spent maybe an hour on drawing. Like I'd, I'd go home, I'd smoke a joint, I'd put on some Mac Miller, and I'd just draw for about an hour. And for that hour, I was completely lost in the drawing. And it was great. And I'd never done that before in my life. I'd have been too embarrassed. I'd have been too ashamed to do something like that. But I think there's there's a thing about accepting that you don't know that much about life and that you don't know what you like and that what you didn't like in school is not what you didn't like as an adult. I think that's an important thing to go off. Fuck me. 34 minutes I've been doing this podcast for. I hope you're all right still listening, everyone, because I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll wrap it up soon. But what I want to talk about before I do that is obviously get drawing, do something creative. I got a ukulele. I can now play the ukulele a little bit, maybe like 60% of like seven songs. But it's fun and it's an escape. And people say that you shouldn't try and escape life. And I think what they're talking about there is doing heroin and stuff like that and doing drugs, Um, hard drugs. That's not the kind of escapism we want, right? But escapism in, in the form of art, in the form of creation, that is really powerful. And that sentence I just said, I can't stress enough. If I had said to myself four years ago that you'll be saying this sentence in 2021, I probably would have slapped myself around the face and probably called myself some four-letter words. But life is very, very strange in the paths it leaves you down. And creation is very, very important because it gives you a little bit of a purpose. And I spoke about this in the War of Art um, episode. there's muses they're the nine daughters of Zeus and these muses they embody into people and give them these creative ideas and I think the more you try the more clear it is to you what is for you you know what I mean final thing I want to get into it's not the final thing there'll be a couple more but do you want a miserable life that's a question I had to ask myself a couple of weeks ago. 
a few a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, I went to a kinesiology session. I don't know if you know much about kinesiology, but I went to um, Amanda, Amanda Kinesiology. She's a legend. And I was really, really skeptical. But I have to do this sort of tapping thing on my hands and say, even though I want a miserable life, I love, respect and accept myself unconditionally. It's a very weird sentence to say, and I very much struggled to say that when I first started. But if you think about it, wanting a miserable life sounds terrible, but I think it's quite common. I think we're quite comfortable not fulfilling our potential. I think we're quite comfortable not doing what we know we need to do to be the best version of ourselves. And it, well, it's like in Coach Carter. If you haven't seen that film, definitely put that on your lockdown list. But he says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Now, I mean, I know I'm throwing a quote from a film at you, but that is so powerful. I, I don't think I really understood it until recently. And I, I think in terms of like me starting the podcast and like, look, I get a lot of messages from people saying how the podcast has changed their life. And I don't talk about it much because I obviously think I'm a bit of a piece of shit, right? Um, but like it, it, if I hadn't started this, I, I don't know, I probably have changed some people's lives. It's, I don't want to talk about it because it, it feels like I'm being big headed. And that's just my own insecurity and my self-esteem there. There is something in everyone that can do something great, right? You've just got to find what it is. And I think accepting that maybe that we don't want a miserable life, it's a difficult thing to accept, but you, you might as well start now in terms of getting on with living a life that you're going to be happy with think about it think about your values think about what you want to do before before everything's over before it's lights out before someone comes and says look time's up for you son it's over what do you want to do do you want to be sad and i'm not saying that sadness is a choice but if you don't want to be sad there are certainly things that you can do to change that and that I think that's all I've got to say I think it's 40 minutes of me just ranting about mental health and this could have been unhelpful for some it could have been helpful for others and I'm hoping that it's more on the helpful side than the unhelpful side it was actually pretty helpful for me to talk about it and that's the weird thing is knowing that this will be listened to by some people is very very helpful and talking about things certainly helps I really, really, really hope that everyone makes good choices and don't be hard on yourself if every now and then you don't. Because as Aldous Huxley says, 
like I've said in many times before, before, rolling in the muck is not the best way of getting clean. If you have behaved badly, just do better next time. And that's all you can do. Do that on a daily basis. Do that on an hourly basis. Yesterday, I didn't do yoga in the morning. Granted, I had the shits, right? So it was a pretty dangerous game, me bothering. But by the afternoon, I was like, don't just don't give yourself that excuse of just having the shits not to do something that you know you need to do. Because in three months' time, when I'm stretchy and limber, I'm going to be so grateful that I just did yoga every day. Couple things, books to read before I close this episode out. Happiness trap I've spoken about. The obstacle is the way I've spoken about. Things that I haven't spoken about is Reasons to Stay Alive by Matt Haig. If, you, if you're depressed, read that book. It's beautiful. If you're not depressed, read it anyway or give it to someone that you think might be. <laughs> um, and Lost Connections by Johan Hari and Obstacles Away and Happiness Trap, which I've already spoken about. And importantly, A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. It is a fantastic book. If you're thinking about starting something creative, get The War of Art. It might motivate you to do some stuff and that'll be important. But shine bright. Can't believe I just said that. Give it a good go. Try and do some things that'll make you feel good. I think it'll help. Do you want a stoic stoic thought of the week? What can it be? Here we go. Waste no time arguing what a good man should be. Be one. Now, you don't have to be a man to live by that quote. I think it was Marcus Aurelius. And that's the way that I'm going to live from now on because I spend a lot of time talking about what's a good way to live a life and maybe not too much of a time living that way. So that's what I'm going to start doing. To close out the podcast, sponsored by betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read. It's online therapy, connected with a therapist within 48 hours. If you want to have a look at it, the link's in the description. There's nothing more I need to say. I just really hope that you're all okay. And if you're not okay, then hopefully you'll have been able to take something from this episode in terms of steps to do more to feel okay. But look, I love you all. I'm really grateful that everyone listens to this podcast. You're fucking heroes. And hopefully, like I said, you've taken something from this. Let's read more books and not be pieces of shits to ourselves because that is very, very important. Take it easy, everyone. Love you, bye.